0: Welcome to the fifth episode of the second season of Wald Garden Weekly. My name is Arash Kashmiri and I'm here with my co host Kevin Pazarande. Hello. And we are here to talk about apps and drink beer and mostly just shoot the shit for an hour till you get bored and turn this off. Uh, so this week we've got um, a kind of a unique little beer. It's called Einstock Olgurd Icelandic White Ale. It has got the most sexy branding ever. Like it's this awesome, like, pale blue, almost like a woodcut print of Vikings, and it, it just great fonts. I mean, the fonts on this thing, any typeaholic would go joyous over. Um, but then on top of all those things, it's just a really delicious beer. Uh, so yeah, um, we were drinking it. It's kind of like a pale, pale yellow color. Uh, white ales typically are. It's kind of, um, you know, almost like a lemony yellow, uh, but just just a tasty, tasty little beer. Great for the hot day we're having here in the Bay Area. Uh, unfortunately, some of you who uh, we saw at GDC have gone off to colder climates. Although I don't think it's really cold anywhere anymore.
1: It's always cold somewhere.
0: Somewhere, somewhere, some dev. You
1: know where it's not cold in Pacific Palisades, um, which is where this beer is imported. That's kind of cool, because that's where I was born and raised. It says, imported by Einstock Beer Co., limited partnership,
0: Pacific Palisades, California.
1: That's yeah. kind of cool. Yep.
0: Yeah yep, it's good stuff. Ale brewed with coriander and orange peel. It sounds Belgian a little bit a little bit like shot top, but doesn't taste like it. fucking tasty. All right, so uh big stuff, big stuff just kind of went came and came and went last week. Uh, we had GDC um, a lot of developers from all walks of life come to GDC in San Francisco. and we were among them. Uh, this year, uh, I hosted two parties one with um, Camcord on Sunday, and another one with Vungle on Friday. Just little get-togethers and hung out with some developers. Met a few of you there. It's also a pretty awesome Touch Arcade party on Thursday. Um, What else was there? Just all these little little parties here and there, and then of course sessions and things like that. I think uh, what did Notch do this year? He did Nero. Did I understand. Do oh, yeah. Last year it was uh, it was Skrillex. This year Nero like mm. kill the noise. Maybe pretty like
1: anti-party in general.
0: Kevin um, doesn't like going outside of his hotel room. Like he basically for him GDC is getting a room at the Intercontinental and then sitting in it and working.
1: It's not true. I just don't like the uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, noise parties where everyone nice. seems to clamor to wait in line to get into, and then they talk about how awful it was. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's an experience though. You're just like, oh my god, the noise was That's, so loud.
1: It's almost like game developers miss that experience in college in their early 20s. We do. When you're supposed to do it. Well, we're
0: all in like computer science courses. Yeah,
1: space. but I did it already mm. enough. At least I'm sure there's. I'm sure people have higher tolerance than me. But we, the parties. So I actually hosted two parties too. This is kind of funny um, by accident. So uh, Ryan Evans, now of Retro Dreamer, um, he brews beer. And he brewed a, uh, double IPA, um, and that I call monkey farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he brought, he brought 12, 22 ounce bottles of this 10 and percent beer. And on Sunday, um, before the camcord event, we just like, everyone was there. And so I was like, Ryan, come on over, like bring six bottles or whatever. He brought six bottles and I called up the hotel. They brought like buckets of ice and like beer glasses. And so we... Just had a, like, my room was full. I got I got a pretty big room, a basic, but big room. Room was full. Arash was there because they were, like, prepping with camcord. And that was really an awesome sort of kickoff pre-party thing. Um, then stuff happened with the camcord party we don't need to get into. <laughs> and then on Thursday before the Tetracade party, which was really just, Kid said, hey, show up in the Marriott Bar, which is where you're going to be anyway. Yep. And don't go to, like, some other party. Uh, which is great because that's what everyone ends up doing anyway. And... Um, we sort of did a more formal version of it. Still, tons of people, but like, I got some talk with the sort of a chef. I'm sure it's not the chef at the Intercontinental, but a chef. And we sort of picked some cheeses, and got salami and like nuts and berries and crackers, and and we got real beer glasses. I didn't really specify. They did. They just brought glasses. They
0: brought some time. nice tall, yeah, little beer. They brought
1: nice beer glasses, beer cones, and so we did it again. And and like, uh, Brian, Brian, yeah, I can talk about. Uh, yeah, you can. I can talk about um, uh, Unpossible. So Brian uh, had just like...
0: This is Brian Duke.
1: Brian Duke of Accelerodo, he put Unpossible, which he uh, recently submitted. Um, he put it up on the TV in the room. So people were like playing that game and, you know, drinking this beer. And it was just, I feel like that is the epitome of of what makes gdc awesome yeah so i like to focus on those things that was and that was that
0: was really fun really good beer and just like let's just like jump into a hotel room we had a lot of people there right it was like
1: it was 20 people there yeah and everyone was there i mean it's like i feel um uh forget who it was i think seth here someone someone on twitter basically i was posting all these pictures with all these people they're sort of part of this twitter circle that is on Twitter. And he was like, this is just ridiculous. Cause this, it was like, it's sort of like, it was like Twitter in real life. Yes. You know, yes. People standing next to each other. So it was, a, that was a ton of fun. Um, and, uh, yep. And then of course Indy cruise, which was a driving event that, Kind only two in indies flat, kind of went on. but it ended up being quite was, awesome. I wish
0: I could have joined you guys. I really did. What was I doing that day? I had sessions or something. There was something. But also, that kept your me car was my car. Also, was in Palo Alto. Forty miles in the wrong direction. So yeah. worth getting, but not quite.
1: But so I want to do know. a quick. It worked out well because I was that day. I wasn't feeling like making the longer drive we were planning. But Brian uh, brought his car. He drove his car up. I had my car up. Um, we so uh, me and Brian with our passengers. Magic Dave, Dave Frampton, and Josh Jett. I don't even know what his last name is. That's kind of funny on Twitter. Josh Jett, Magic Window, Alma Balls. We just like randomly ran into him. So we went up to the Mirror Beach Overlook. Anyway, I see this as the magic of GDC. That's what I focus on the
0: magic. Yeah, um, I'm just glad we got a lot of events that were outside of like, this is the Moscone Center and like the three places that are around it.
1: Right. <clears throat> I still got to get Craig and Gavin from Retro Dreamer to leave like, a five hundred foot radius. Oh wait, no. They they came with us to. They did. Chaya. They came on the
0: on the Chaya thing and uh, and also they they were on the were they on the bus on Friday? I don't remember. G- G- I don't know. Not all of them. Yeah. Was
1: Gavin? Gavin was there? I'm
0: not sure. I don't remember. Um, but anyway, yeah. So GDC was cool. Why am I having trouble? It's so funny. That I have
1: all these memories of like sitting next well, it to was Gavin. Like Weeks of drinking.
0: Usually, you don't remember too much by the end of it. But what I do remember are a couple highlights for me of GDC. Um, was uh, so there. There are a few kind of business things that were neat. Um, so the Unreal Development Kit, which has been largely overshadowed for indie developers by Unity, decided to sort of fire a salvo over their deck and um, made uh, UDK basically $19 a month per seat, which is way cheaper than uh, uh, it used to be, and and now um, the source is also available. So it's not open source, but you have access to the source, which was a big roadblock for, for a lot of people uh, to using it, and of course Unity doesn't offer that, so um, another kind of thumb in their nose. But and five percent of revenue also. The other bit is on the back end in very tiny font. Yeah, it is five percent of the revenue, and, and I've heard different reports on whether that five percent is before the App Store takes their cut or after. But um, you know, not not a huge chunk, but not not too tiny either. Nevertheless, uh, very cool tools that are, in my in my, in my opinion. Words. Sorry. Yeah. So them
1: is fighting words. It's yeah, a, definitely. It's a, you know. So I feel like Unity, even Unity Five, sort of changes this, but Unity has always sort of been like the kids' engine. I don't know. Even to me, I don't use it. But like when you look at the sort of demo video from say Unity Four, it's like look graphics. Yeah. You know, three D <coughs> and like you know unreal is like oh my god this looks better than a movie yeah yeah Um, it's
0: just a way more sophisticated tool and and far more uh i I don't i don't want to like knock unity but like udk is kind of like the professional thing that right real big studios use for their games uh in any case yeah so we've been we've been playing a little bit with it at at limbic just kicking the tires um we've always used our own engine but it's also cool to see like what does a a pro level engine look like Mm. and uh, c- could we use this for something on iOS? Um, of course, the downside of, of these types of tools is that, you know, for, they're always general purpose. So if you build like a simple like side scroller, it's still going to be 100 megabytes. Um, so, so you know, people have no, to know that. find ways to pare that down. And I've, I've heard some reports online that you can actually take things out of the executable, but literally like the, the code size is 100. So bytes. large. So Interesting. there's loading issues and, and heavyweight problems with that. But um nevertheless just a neat event in the in the business side of the industry.
1: Yeah, Unity five though looks pretty nice. Yep. You know, a lot better sound tools. I spent some time researching the new because they like whenever I see globe illumination in anything real time, I'm like, what <laughs> is this? And it was like used is usually is like in multiple ways. They're like, oh, there's real time global illumination over here, and like in the editor there's real time global illumination. I'm like, what is this anyway but basically there's two different new, new features which is there's this this company called enlighten actually that's just their product and it's the really cool indirect illumination tech in battlefield
0: 4 sure is that what drives like frostbite engine and yeah all that?
1: okay. so that's what's in frostbite um it's basically a cpu driven uh basic like one bounce global illumination thing um which is pretty tricksy but um it works and so this is available in unity yeah uh, it has a it um just to quickly say something about it you have to create a low detail mesh like okay. that wraps your normal geometry yeah um however you don't need to do light maps for your high detail geometry you only need to do light maps essentially you know unique evs for this low detail geometry and then click some buttons apparently and you get global elimination in real time which is pretty crazy and then I think what's more significant is in the editor. If you choose not to do that and you use the bake tool, like say Temple Run does, they use Beast, I think it's called yeah. or whatever. Okay. Um, it uses, I'm assuming, because uh, they say thanks to imagination technologies, it uses Open RL. Okay. And so if you have an Open RL card or a fast computer, or theoretically, uh, I guess you could never have a power VR chip in your Unity dev machine, but you can, it updates the light maps in real time when you're moving stuff around. Cool. Using OpenRL. Okay. I'm assuming because it's like real-time global illumination, global illumination thanks to imagination technologies, imagination technologies, bought caustic, right. OpenRL. And that was the sort of news out of Power VR was yes, they have this new doing ray tracing Ray tracing, tracing in real time. So yeah. will the iPhone 6 have a real-time ray tracing capability? That's going to be kind of exciting. Yeah.
0: Um, Someone's gonna make Smash Hit Two, and it's gonna be all in mirrors,
1: right? It, <laughs> it'll like, yeah. I mean, there's some really cool possibilities with that. Um,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: That's gonna scare the. I mean, I feel like I want, I'll want to use ray tracing because.
0: Well, you know the I problem with to. that stuff, and I saw a few of their their images. It's like they're showing shadows with ray tracing, and it's not exactly the most compelling demo. And there's a few cases where where ray tracing is like, where do you imagine you use it in a game? Reflections. Like, Yeah, but I mean, reflections are done so well now with with other techniques that... that... They're
1: faked well, but I mean, if you wanted to, you you always have to like, even now in games, um, if you have a car that drives up next to something close, that object will not appear most probably in the reflection properly. I mean, they're getting pretty good with like really nicely calculated, uh, you know, cube maps, real-time updated cube maps, and then with a, you know, sort of position-aware environment map lookup kind of stuff, you know, image-based lighting kind of stuff. But ray tracing, I mean, that there, are, I think that we'll see some new sort of uses potentially for, you know, reflections. Because in the end, like looking through a window or a mirror, it's still just not, it requires sort of very tailor-made specific, very fill-rate heavy um, operations that if they can make it work in a power vr chip on yeah. mobile that could be really cool we shall see
0: yeah we'll see did you get a chance to try the oculus demo mm. did you get a, an expo pass or anything no i never i didn't get expo pass, okay so so, so uh, uh, oculus had the, the new prototype of the v2 development kit where they've improved the uh they improved the resolution of the screens and there's a there's a persistence issue so whenever you like an lcd pixel uh changes from one thing to another there's a bit of a like uh Residual image, and so this causes like motion blurring and stuff like that in the in the first version. So now it's doing, and I don't fully understand how this works, but it basically shows only a pulse of light yeah. rather than a, a it's an OLED. An on OLED, thing. Yeah, I mean
1: it's basically the the, the so. refresh rate on OLED displays is so high that they can literally turn it off and on yeah. in two three milliseconds. But this is the same thing they showed at uh, CES. Okay, so yeah, so and is, it's. This has been around, for, but the big news is you can now buy it.
0: Right, so right. so it, you can buy it and it, it, it works really, really well. So they had a demo from uh, Eve Online, it's called uh, I- Energy or something. I Valkyrie? Valkyrie, sorry, that's yeah. Right. Energy is the other. CCP one is of the, the company. Yep, out in Iceland.
1: They also demoed it on.
0: Actually, it's appropriate that we're drinking Icelandic water. There yeah. you go. Uh, but anyway, um, this demo, you're flying inside one of these little spaceships in Eve, and uh, holy crowd. Like, I never tried Oculus, so I didn't try the first one either. But you put it on, and I was getting goosebumps. Like, this is so cool um, that you can look around the cockpit. The head movement is now being tracked in a really, really good, accurate way. There's, like, a camera that you set in front of you that sort of looks back at your headset. And um, it's just super, yeah, yeah. you can lean side to side, and you can turn your head. I'm,
1: like, afraid to use it.
0: It worked crazy well, and it was insanely fun. Yeah. So I had a great time with it. But of
1: course, that's the only big news about Oculus, right?
0: That is, that's all there is to say. So moving on about Oculus uh, to <laughs> other things. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so Facebook bought them for $2 billion uh, this week. And everyone, everyone Internet blew up, blew their shit, but it totally makes sense to me.
1: And, uh, you know, I'm not sure how much, I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> it is, it, it can make sense, right? Yeah, but I,
0: I don't, I don't want to get into the whole, like, there's so many debates, like, just to outline all the things that have been said. There's there's one one topic which is like basically is it fair for Kickstarters to right exit in such that, a big I'm way? Like, give me a break. Notch was being a crybaby about it there's this whole thing about is there, uh, uh, is there a business case for Facebook buying them? Right. And are they just fanboys of the tech and they just wanted to They're have it? It's
1: valuation it question. Is the
0: valuation appropriate? Is this good for Oculus? Is this going to change what the product right. is going to turn into? So those are all discussions we could have. I'm not going to have them on this podcast, but um, you can totally go on the internet and look up this stuff. But but my, my whole position, just in a nutshell, is that I think it's cool. I think this means that the product is going to be really good. Um, and they have the sort of funding and and you know, big daddy behind them to actually make this thing right. work.
1: I just wish they'd waited a little bit longer, but, um, this, you know, we don't know what's going on inside and why I say the w- reason I say I wish is so that they could more have defined, you know, the quality of the product that they could have pushed it as far as they wanted to. Yep. However, from reading the Oculus blog post about it, it was super un not comforting. It was like, yeah, they bought us and it's great. You know, <laughs> I was like, okay. But the face, Zuckerberg's post is like, actually, you know, Mark's post, not um, like Facebook's post was like, we're just going to let them do their thing because right now the application is games. Yep. So we're going to let them do their thing. But eventually, blah, 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 platform, yep. blah, 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 words, um, which is the scary stuff that everyone's afraid of. I'm like, hey, like, at least in the short term, it sounds like it's kind of business as usual. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the what you could sort of say is a good vote of confidence of that and that things are really looking good internally there and that this wasn't a cash out is that, I forget his name, but the main VR scientist from Valve joined Oculus as chief scientist today. Cool. So he left Valve, which is, you know, as a big guy, I think it's just sort of a big deal. It's a very high profile hire. Yeah. And I think this is the kind of example of maybe people who were afraid to join Oculus Mm -hmm. and you know, weren't already successful independently like John Carmack who you know didn't want to sacrifice their great job, but they see Facebook and they're like, "Great, I can get my like exactly this is big blow salary up and, and my great health care and all I don't those have to worry about it." Yep, totally. And we get you get the day after you get some crazy good talent. I mean,
0: do you know where do you know where Oculus is based? Off South Texas, software? it's in Texas. Okay, yeah, Our, for Carmack yeah. and everything. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're we're gonna keep an eye on that. It's pretty cool. As a as a game uh, enthusiast, I would love to uh, try that and any other VR tech that's out there. Did you buy uh, a dev kit? No, I didn't. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they sold out quickly or whatever. I'm not, I'm not too eager to jump on the like half done bandwagon, but when it's a, it's pretty, a full it's pretty product, like, I feel like, I'm yeah, curious. I guess it's,
1: I wonder what they're going to, but it's definitely like, it definitely seems pretty
0: almost done. Yeah, it's, it seems like it. It felt like a really good experience. Um, PlayStation has a similar competitor. I oh, didn't yeah. get a chance to try it. it. Their booth was just being swamped don't remember. It definitely looks cooler. So the, the other thing that was interesting about this is that as you're at GDC and you're watching these people using this Oculus demo and there's like, you know, like what, like 50, 60 devices that are being worn by people. Everybody in the booth is wearing one. And and it's this weird, like surreal dystopian thing where these guys have these like their faces are plugged into the machine and they're just yeah. like looking like idly around like zombies. Uh, it, it had a very like, I don't, it kind of creeped me out. Hmm. Like I don't want to be in a room where there's just people like sitting around in their own little worlds and like mouths open you know sounds drawing. like a gdc party yeah it kind of does isn't it just with louder <laughs> music uh it, it was weird I, I got an iffy feeling about it but the actual experience of, of wearing one was was cool
1: definitely some moral um bridges to cross some ethical uh stuff with vr that's going to be interesting good to know that facebook is paving the way yeah for our moral right. uh, adventure through mm. um alternate realities but no, it's super exciting. Whatever. I forget who said it. But this is the—I think it was the Valve guy—that he's confident that this is going to be the final platform. You know, this is how sure. people are going to interact with computers. I'm—I'm um, I'm pretty stoked. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's—it's—it's it's, it's cool. It's a—it's a taste of the future. What's so I
1: think—I mean—is that it for GGC? I mean. Uh, those two big
0: things, yeah. Uh, there were a bunch of Direct cool IGF 12. games. Um, uh, Papers Please was there, which is one. It of didn't
1: the, it win everything. It wins all the things.
0: They had a really cool booth where they had the. You could actually get these like little passports and you could stamp them. Oh yourself. my gosh! So cute. I love it when people do that. Uh, I think it was Simogo that had a, a game that was involved like real life puzzles, where you had to like arrange iPhones in order to like get a result. And oh wow. that was wild. I really liked that. Uh, bunch of other neat things or some game that's like a dating simulation where you're like on a date and you've got to choose conversation options and hmm. really just I love like the IGF is like the thing I always look forward to seeing in the expo is what are people putting out there and they're always really just different and cool last last year the one I really liked was um uh, uh, something root zero Kentucky root zero um, a game that's like this line art uh, adventure game it was cool hmm. <clears throat> So yeah. Uh, otherwise, um, just updates from us on what we've been up to since since last time we had the cast. Uh, we did Zombie Gunship Zero. Wow. Did that, yeah. It's been a while. Uh, which is um, our free to play version of Zombie Gunship, and it really it was interesting for us uh, to change gears a little bit. It was it was a cool product because we wanted to see what the free to play market looked like, and um, you know we're, we may have a few titles of that nature coming up, but uh, we wanted to get our, our feet wet and see you know what is it like to promote a free game these days with Supercell spending a, a zillion dollars a day and. What is the what do the monetization bits look like? Uh, do um, do 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 opt-in video ads actually hold up with higher volume? Because uh, we we've, we've been using them in paid apps up until now, so we don't know like you know when you actually have like a hundred thousand people click on it, what happens there? Does it does the fill rate keep up, or do you start getting uh, no ads? And, and it's returns. it's really interesting. It's actually been holding up, so uh, it's quite different from the way this stuff was in um, in two thousand nine when we did Tower of Madness Zero. So. Uh, free-to-play is pretty interesting. I, I'm always kind of hot and cold about it, uh, but we're having fun with this experiment, um, playing with different little user acquisition tactics, things like that. I was in a talk at GDC, which was, I think it was Kabam, and they were showing some really, really interesting things. So one of the things they they threw up on the screen was this interface they had for um, how they buy ads. Hmm. And basically it's this like complete like software suite online that they've built, like web interface that you can, like it tells you how much to bid, and like what the last like response of that ad was, and and the the ad format that works, it's this giant like console that they've got like 50 people working on probably, just to just to buy ads efficiently. Right. So I mean, it made me think like it's as like in,
1: more than half their business really.
0: Yeah, totally. So it made me think like as an indie, like how do you compete with that? Or on a more positive spin, like what aspects of this do you want to have? Uh, what should you build internally to be able to do this kind Which of thing just, well?
1: I've given up to just profiting from it. <laughs> That's
0: well, there's this analogy people say that keeps coming up is that like these guys are, you know, raining money down on us, and the best thing that indies can do is to just basically put out as many buckets as Build a as big can. basket, right? Build big basket, big funnel. You know, throw Love some people, bathtubs yeah. out on the lawn
1: because you can you can build the game that you want to build essentially with less compromise, and you know you don't have to be freemium. Yeah, you can have a little bit of freemium, just a little. You know, touch here, touch there, but then just make it mostly ad-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, players respond well to ads. If you don't advertise Dove soap, yep, you know yep. they're happy to they're uh, happy for you to suggest another game to them.
0: Yeah, and the quality of ads has gone up a lot. Like the video ads that we're showing, um, people don't seem to mind them. They're not just like the crap banner stuff. That's that because they didn't realize
1: Bungle makes them. Yeah, and also if they don't work, they fix them. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's great Mm -hmm. you know it's not going to be like some shitty video like about buying used cars or something it's it's going to be a well consistent well-made localized right uh, even voiceovers localized um so ad experience is getting really good for games on mobile right so i don't like whereas in-app purchase experience can be kind of shitty Mm -hmm. you know um so yeah i really i was even pushing some people at gdc like hey like I was super anti-ad as recently as a year ago, and now I'm like, this is good. This is, and even when I'm in games, like I don't mind ads at all. And it's amazing how little I encounter them. Yeah. Um, So, oh, I wanted to just quickly drop back to GDC for one sec because I need to sort of like defend my name, not (laughs) really too much. But um, I was actually just I met a friend at um, uh, Eastside Games Party, Uh which is being sponsored by SoftLayer at the the chieftain which is right across the street from the hotel yeah anyway and the ceo of east games uh josh came he heard me i was really flattered but i was drinking wine it was really <laughs> shitty wine too um and this is pretty embarrassing for the host of wall garden weekly beer and <laughs> games drinking this big glass of red wine um but this is actually the last
0: week that Kevin's going to be joining us. I've got a replacement lined up already. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> uh, I knew I was going to be having wine for dinner that evening, and beer
0: and wine
1: do not mix. Even
0: in like tw- eight hours apart from each other, really? No, no, no. This was that evening. Oh, the, when was the party?
1: Like this was like I was there at seven thirty eight. This was at seven thirty. My dinner oh, was about at to 9, go to dinner. And, okay. Yeah, and I'd actually just come from hanging out with. Uh, Brian Duke and Devine, um, Devine uh, and Jeff was there too and I had had wine there and with the same logic and I was like well I can't change it doesn't matter that I'm in an Irish pub it was really funny so you I'm ordered like, wine in an Irish pub right I asked mm-hmm. I was like do you guys have wine and they yeah. were like yeah of course we have wine Like, she was like, she gave me attitude. Really? Which was kind of interesting. I was like, I'm in an Irish pub. I was like, I expected you to give me attitude for ordering wine. I feel like asking if you have wine is kind of like a, I don't know, polite thing. It doesn't matter. Anyway, met Josh. He was super nice. Um, uh, Super gracious host. Gracious? Is that the... I don't know. It doesn't Gracious host, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, don't use that word. Um, And, uh, but yeah, so... I drank plenty of beer, (laughs) because we were so happy to find that the Marriott Bar, which is like the bar where Indies meet, um, has Pliny the Elder.
0: Yes, oh, that's such a good beer. So you have like a
1: delicious, wonderful, you know, uh, uh, double IPA for drinking at any time. So I drank my share of beer, but that one night, When when my reputation was on the line, Mm. it uh, it didn't work out for me. Anyway,
0: well, all right. You've absolved yourself on the air. (laughs) Our listeners will never get that five minutes back. (laughs) Um, You want to talk about a game? Uh, Yeah. So uh, I I I I picked up Smash Hit like two or three weeks ago. We've been wanting to talk about it for a while.
1: Yeah, that was uh, you told me to get it the day before GDC.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so yeah, about, about about a week and a half. So, um, uh, uh, Smash special is this game made by these two guys, I think from Sweden, Mediocre, Mediocre. is the name of their studio, and it is just, I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody's played it. Go ahead and pause and go check it out if you haven't, but this game is just beautiful. I mean, they've done really nice, uh, you know, global illumination lighting, soft, uh, soft shadows, and it's just, there's like little bits of fog, and the basic gist of it is that you're flying through this geometric landscape, um, and... Uh, your, your interaction with the world is that you can tap anywhere on the screen to throw these chrome balls excuse me throw, throw these chrome balls out and um, there are these crystals and every time you hit a crystal you get three more chrome balls so the idea is to go as far as you can through this um, this world going kind of forward along this first person perspective until you uh, until you run out of these balls so uh, the goal is is to you know essentially not waste too many not too uh, really you want to try to get a pretty high hit ratio as you're shooting for the crystals. Um, And then the other thing is that if you hit anything, so there are these barriers and and, uh, objects that you need to dodge and and everything is breakable. So uh, when you shoot the the, the chrome balls out at them, they they fracture and they do so really beautifully. So it's got a really cool physics engine that's doing some really nice fracture work. Uh, The bits go flying and the balls bounce around and uh, the other nice thing is that the glass itself has this really cool shaders on it, where it, it's sort of like a little bit frosty, and it and you get gets really close stuff to that like gets through it. Yeah, background. and there's a little bit of like motion or depth blur that you get when things are really neat uh, close to you. And uh, neat little challenges are a couple doors that you encounter that you have to shoot the switches in order to open them. Um, and in general, it's just this very sort of peaceful game, but at the same time, it can get really exciting and uh, intense when you're when you're low on balls. Uh, The the other layer to add that's interesting that I I really enjoyed is that if you manage to have a a streak where you you haven't missed any of the crystals that have come on screen, you you sort of fill up this pie at the top of the screen Uh, every time you you hit one successfully. And once it fills up, you get an extra ball. So instead of just shooting one at a time, uh, you start to shoot two. And of course, this only decrements one ball from your count, but you get two balls instead of one. Um, and then it gets to three balls, to four balls, and then eventually with the top end, you get five balls. And so they shoot out in this kind of... Every man's dream. Yeah, it's pretty awesome having five balls. Um, uh, but it's, they're, they're arranged sort of like the way you have the five on a, on, a, on a die. So it's like one in the center and four around. And um, it, it's like a shotgun blast, right? Because you can, you can hit anything and really devastate it. Uh, so it makes it easier to hit things. And so it, it's almost like when you're at the higher end of that, you, it's easier to play. But then as soon as you hit something or you miss, yeah. then you go back to one, which makes it really hard again. Yeah. It's, um,
1: it's it's a pretty brutal punishment. Yeah, it is. It's like, oh, you didn't see that crystal. <laughs> Sorry, jerk. Right. So
0: and then there's also these power-ups you can pick up. There's one that makes it so that you can just like, for a limited time, have unlimited balls and you can hold your finger down on the screen and just like spray them all over the place.
1: Which is not helpful. Uh, it general. actually isn't. Yeah. yeah like, I, I, just, don't, like, I don't you actually shoot, use like, it. Yeah, shoot all the balls. It's like, I hit nothing. Yeah. It's, hit nothing. it's,
0: it's not good. Um, and the other, the other is a couple others. One's like explosive balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any other ones, Kevin? You've encountered? There's
1: a time ball.
0: Yeah. What is that one? It slows things down. It's like a yeah. bullet time ball. Bullet time ball.
1: Uh. <laughs> yeah. Which is also not that useful. Yeah. Um, maybe it would be later in the game. Um, I
0: can imagine there's a situation you have to hit a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. You don't want to miss.
1: Yeah, but it's sort of you have to then readjust. Right. Because you're moving, the camera's moving and the objects are moving and so it's like okay well i don't need to lead it or it's like or do i need either i have to lead it the same amount but like it just takes it a longer time to figure out if you hit it in other right. words it's sort of like you're in practice i find it doesn't i it's find the power-ups don't do anything yeah yeah
0: well the explosive one's pretty good is it <clears throat> yeah it breaks everything completely especially with the part with the like where there's hanging objects and things that are like sometimes right. require if, more than one so hit. but if you
1: have to hit more than one thing, you yeah. still have to hit shoot more than yeah, one. Yeah, that's true. What's good. is like for. a ball that like when it hits, it like breaks into small, like it in, multiplies into other balls and then those balls multiply into balls. Yeah, balls, into other yeah, balls. yeah. Balls. just fractures everything. That inside. would be cool. Yeah. Send me the check. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this game has done enormously well. The only, uh, as far as I can tell, the only in-app purchase in it is to upgrade to the full right. version. And this is really just elegantly done um, where... Uh, at the end of every round, it'll say like, "Do you want to go pro?" And really, all I can tell that it does is it lets you start from the checkpoints. Yep. So if you've played up to like stage five, um, without the with the free version, you need to start from the beginning again. And it's really neat. Like they even let you like try to start from the fifth checkpoint if you right. want to, and then it'll it'll be like, "All right, you want to start here." well you need to upgrade
1: right and you say no yeah it like zooms you all that's the best part is it does this
0: like pullback thing where it pulls you back through the entire game uh to the beginning and says okay start here
1: and also when you die and you go back to the menu the camera kind of pulls out
0: pulls out sideways perpendicular to the
1: level and you kind of you get this sort of you know overview sort of visual overview of the of the whole course um it's really and you can and that way you can actually see the end not that you you the areas that you haven't reached are grayed out um before you reach them but uh it's a it's a it's a sort of artistic accomplishment this game and in a weird way it's freemium and it's also not like pay for content it is a pay to win iep but it's like right on that line you know it's a perfect example of an iep you know, totally white hat and it's not evil at all. Right. It probably leans more white hat if you were to ask a random person. (laughs) Um, But really it's like, hey, you know, we're basically saying you have to start over every time or you can like get a substantial advantage, Yeah. uh, which is you only have to do one checkpoint
0: at a time and it will Mm -hmm. save your progress. Kind of reminds me of like the old, like continue model for arcade games. You know where it would be like continue ten, nine, eight, seven, six. Right,
1: except you have all the time in the world to think about it. Yeah. Um and it works really well and it it monetized pretty well. it was like i mean it was super it down it got went to number one, I believe free, mm-hmm. but usually number one free not aggressively monetized doesn't touch you know top fifty, I'm pretty sure it got into top fifty grossing certainly top one hundred, yep, so it was making you know number one paid kind of money mm-hmm. um could it have i mean yeah, I think. It could have done that with Editor's Choice paid, but long term, it's probably gonna do so much better. Yeah. Um, I really, I responded really well to the game for the first like hour, but when I started to, I bought the full version and I started like, okay, like what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do the first section perfectly. Mm -hmm. And then I'm gonna do this. And if I mess up, I'm gonna start over and I'm gonna do the second section. Sort of, I tried to achieve mastery, which is sort of something that you do. Uh, with these sort of mid-core hardcore games, and I realize that there are certain things that are just super frustrating. Um, in the later level, there's these obstacles that kind of like go up and down. Yeah, they're like they laser bar
0: up. things. Or do you mean where the ones moving, that flip up from the ground? There's, lo-
1: there's flip up from the ground. There's ones that kind of right. move up, like yeah. in like stepwise, like doop 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 doop. Um, and sometimes they're timed so perfectly that you can't tell if you're gonna run into them. Yeah and it's really hard to hit them you know you can sort of like oh i'm going to hit that one and so you're like i'm going to hit it from here but it's really hard because they're moving Mm -hmm. relatively quickly and what happens is is they they come in front of you at the last minute where it's virtually impossible for you to hit them so that you get into these impossible to win situations which is the biggest no-no in a hardcore game you have to you have to painstakingly ensure that you're not going to, because that's the most frustrating thing in a hardcore game is where right. you're doing well and you lose and, you're bl- and you blame the game. Yeah,
0: we come back to this a lot. Yeah, if you blame the game, then that's when you throw the phone down. And, your, like, and I started blaming the game. Yeah, okay.
1: The thing is, is it's like relatively minor. In other words, if they, you know, I feel like this team might be leaning on their art talent. I mean, the graphics are really impressive. Well. Um, uh, and that might, but like the game design, that tuning... That needs to. They need to. They need to spend another couple of weeks on it. I mean, it's not really a big deal, um, but there's a big difference between different runs too, because mm-hmm. it's not the same every time. It's the same sort of set of tiles. It is, it is
0: the same every time. No. no, is the order changing? It's
1: the order changes, and this. Yeah, the set of stuff. I mean, the the sections are the same. Okay. But inside each section, it's what you encounter is different. Really interesting. Yeah. I
0: felt like it was the same, but maybe no, I'm and wrong. And, okay. and also
1: the timing is different. Mm. So sometimes you'll have get these things where it's like, you know. you have an easy time you know uh and the uh where you're like you don't get into these like last minute situations the other thing is so that tells me it has like oh random you know the problem is it can't be random it needs to be intentionally difficult or not difficult Mm -hmm. and uh, this also applies to the collision area yeah is it's really hard to tell like am i gonna be able to go through that hole uh, or something that's moving, you yep. know. Yep.
0: Sometimes you like. Yeah, sometimes there's like a sheet of glass coming at you, and you want to like punch a hole through it.
1: And you do, but it's like too low. But or you're too not high. sure if you're too low or too high. Yeah, uh, it's a bit hard
0: to judge your own own size.
1: And there's there's just a few obstacles where it's like I don't think there's anything I could do to avoid having a void crash there, other mm-hmm. than like waste all my balls. Yeah. Um. So. I feel like they need to they need to find a way to. Bring that control for the sort of hardcore players. But I mean, they made a ton of money. Yep. This game's successful. Yep. Though that always, I'm always like, but that doesn't mean they couldn't have made more money, <laughs> you know? But for people like me and you, like, we already got to the point where we're telling people to get this game. Yeah. But I was going to, I told my wife to get it, but now I've stopped bugging her about it because I'm like, this is just going to piss her off <laughs> because eventually she'll like encounter that situation. Yeah, and it'll frustrate her. Okay, and she will completely give up because she doesn't like it. Does not important to her that she scores more than her friends. It's just like, am I having fun or not? Right. But man, it's really pretty.
0: It is, and I was gonna say on the, on the point of the art, I think it's a good example of a game where they, I don't know that they had like a lot of art resources because the game itself is it's pretty, right. but it's not an art artist intense game.
1: Right, but it's a design. I it's mean, a
0: design. Like it's clear the person had a good eye for yeah. it. But it's like if you don't know how to draw. And you don't know how to do a lot of three D modeling, like, but you're really good at using like a graphics tool to bake lighting.
1: Right, you know it looks good.
0: Yeah, and you can tell what looks good, but what doesn't. Like, you just don't have maybe the technical skill to draw well. Uh, this is a great way to like, right, to play to your strengths because this game looks gorgeous. The fog stuff looks really good. All that stuff is stuff that's hard from a technical perspective to mm-hmm. to pull off. I mean, you need the right tools, and you need to know how to use them but it's not like you need to have art skill to like model a cool character or make him look really cute. There's no organic forms in the right. game. Uh, the colors are all pretty basic, but it's... I
1: wonder how they... I wonder, I mean, I I wonder if it's, if it's a custom engine.
0: I don't know. Good That's question. the thing is like, yeah. if
1: this isn't a custom engine, then you could sort of imagine it being like someone who sort of... It's almost like someone who came from the 3D world, you know, or like a rendering, like look dev
0: yeah yeah, totally. shader guy you know because mm-hmm.
1: it's clearly all this baked lighting that doesn't look like a unity bake um you know it's got it's nice nicely baked global right. illumination right um,
0: although i heard unity does do light baking yeah it does
1: but it's like it's pretty low resolution okay. you know what i'm saying yeah um it's from from what i've seen mm-hmm. uh, unity 5 might be doing yeah. a little bit better but uh it looks it looks handmade sure um Cool. But yeah, it's uh what I really like about it is that it's so rare that we have a game that goes to number one top five that tries a new monetization scheme. Yeah. So we can learn from that. Cause every right. time it's like, oh, this game did really well, yeah, it used like timers and like, mm-hmm. you know, da, all da, the da, typical da, stuff. Yeah, right. right. This is a really like, hey, you can do really well. I mean, this is what's really impressive is usually games that monetize well, they need to have uh a lot of money you can spend they need to allow you to spend at least 20 40 you know 50 bucks yeah exactly um this this doesn't this go after doesn't. whales or so anything that means like conversion that. rate was really high yeah and you know that sort of shows like if you can make you know you could see for infinite runners or games like this it's sort of a infinite runners not quite but this breaking it up yeah. this way um,
0: do you know what game this monetization model reminds me of i think the closest example we've had recently uh, letterpress, letterpress, yeah.
1: Oh, right. Where basically it's like you are going to want this feature, mm-hmm. and it will allow you to enjoy the game more.
0: Right. You can play multiple games at the same time. It's kind of a convenience feature. It just same, doesn't give you any advantage with...
1: in the game. Of course, letterpress could never do that because this. It's a well,
0: this doesn't player. either, right? I mean, that's the beauty of it. Is it? It does. For going sure. to checkpoint five? No, that's not an advantage. I mean, you've been there already. You basically, and you can, actually you, you start there with only one best one bullet. Right. So.
1: Well, no, but I mean, so the thing is you play your best first, you know, and then you start at the second checkpoint and you play your best second. You just keep playing. Okay. And you can restart and you, until you get to the end <clears throat> with the best you think you could do and then you continue.
0: Do you remember if the game has any sort of, uh, like, tracking of how... Because you mentioned, like, you played the first section and you tried to get your best and the second section try yeah. to get your best. Does it have anything to track, like, oh, do you, got, you got a perfect on the first section? I don't think it does. Uh,
1: it has an overall performance. It right. has, like, your... There's, like, statistics about... Your hit rate and stuff. I think that might be just for the last game. I don't know how it does that for like since yeah. it's a commogulation of like. So yeah, if you go to like your rating, has your best distance, your longest streak, okay. peak ball count, hit rate. I guess that must be overall. Right. Average streak, average ball count, ball thrown, balls thrown, nine thousand three hundred seventy four balls thrown. Wow, That's a lot of balls. Objects broken, twenty nine sixty two. Okay. Um, so it has some basic stats. But it doesn't like, I mean, you know, you know, when you miss, yeah, you yeah. know, when you, you know, my goal is to always have the five balls. So mm-hmm. I have the five balls, and I'm like, if I lose my five balls, I'm like, F that, start over, and yeah. keep my five balls. Right. Um, it's so pretty. It's almost like I want the game, I want a game like this that's like the menu. Yeah. That's like played like parallax. Sideways. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. GI.
0: It'd be like Flappy Smash.
1: Flappy Smash. Wow, I, I I actually thought about, I woke up one morning thinking about how, like, why doesn't someone make Flappy Bird with, like, awesome
0: graphics? Didn't someone do that already? I, thought, no, I haven't I seen it. thought someone did. Okay.
1: Because, but not, it doesn't need to be Flappy Bird, but I'm saying, like, a side-scrolling side-scrolling infinite well, we, thing.
0: Do you remember our, our little Game Jam game that we did?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, when Flappy Bird came out, I immediately thought about uh, Just Tongue. Yeah, Just Tongue was this game we built. It was pretty
0: awesome. We should finish it and just put it on the store. Right. So people know what we're talking about. Just tongue
1: flap. (laughs) (laughs) Just flap your tongue. Awesome.
0: Um, Cool. Well, yeah, on on that note, uh, thank you for joining us. And um, this has been Wild Garden Weekly Season 2, Week 5. Adios. Bye.